We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. Now, you can thank the pastor for this. He preached a few weeks ago, and he, he went into Matthew 7. I believe he even read these verses. He didn't preach on the text. And I was like, boy, there's a good message in there. And I've, I've been stewing on it ever since. And so that's what we're going to preach here this morning. This text, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. And the title of this, if you like a title, is, Will Your House Stand? Will your house stand? So let us all stand together, if you would, for a moment for the reading of God's Word. We'll honor Him with that here this morning. If you're not able, please please remain seated. But if you can, stand. Let's look at this passage and we'll pray. Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man. So I I think we ought to pay attention. I mean, this isn't me and my Bible. These are the red words of Jesus. This is him. It's not me. It's not anybody else. This is the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking. And it continues, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And the final words of this, let us let them sink in. And great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your word. Lord, I do plead that you would meet with us. Lord, let the preaching be done according to your will and according to your heart's desire to minister to us all here this morning. Let our hearts, Lord, be open to your word. Let us hear. Let the Holy Spirit of God speak to us. And Lord, I ask if there's one here, one here that doesn't clearly understand what it is that you did for us, Lord, that today would be a a time of decision and they would turn to you, Lord. They would call upon your holy, precious name and be saved and become a born-again believer, Lord. So I pray you would touch that heart. Lord, minister to us all. Help us all to get some things from your word. Feed us from your book. Lord, again, please be at those that can't be here. Minister to them as well. Continue to watch over our pastor and his wife, care for them, refresh them, and bring them back next week. And in Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, you may be seated. Now, there's a brother in our church that's also given me material for this. He, he'll know, he, he doesn't know it yet, but he'll know. We've spent a little bit of time together doing some things, and it'll come clear. But we're going to look at this text, and it is important. Will your house stand? And it is an important thing. And the first aspect of this uh, is considering a foundation, you know, and and that is an important thing. Now, my wife and I, we have hopes. We've been here 10 months, I believe, nine, 10 months. The months are clicking off, and and we've really come to like it here. We've been looking for some for some ground, it, it looks like we may have settled on a piece of property that we're going to be able to purchase, and then we're going to be looking at a, building a house, and we've done it before, 
And I know as we do it and we're looking at the land, it is important what we put in as far as a foundation. Is it not? Would you not agree that that's a, a critical point? You know, I could be looking at all the other things and saying, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and, and forget about the foundation, but that foundation is going to determine everything about that house. That foundation is going to determine how big of a house you can build. That foundation is going to determine the look of that house. Everything is going to be dependent on that foundation. A foundation is critical. And for us, this illustration that Christ is giving, I'm sure many of you, and you can go ahead and blurt it out, when Christ is teaching in this passage and he's speaking of building upon a rock, who is he speaking of? He's speaking of himself, right? Christ. He's not speaking of a a church. There are some religions out there that they think that they are the rock. That's not true. Christ is. He is the head of the church. It is His church. He gave, He died and gave Himself for the church. It is upon Him, His word, His truth. If anything in this life's going to stand, it has to be built on Him. He is the rock. There, there is a, a verse that uh, I, I hope you'll consider. And one I want us to, to really think about that Christ, he's not just a symbolic aspect of the church. You know, we can have the picture of Jesus. We can have these things. We can have various sayings. It's not just a sim. It is of essence of truth that he is the chief cornerstone. He is the one that is required to build upon. Any success in a church or our home, which we're going to speak more about, has to be upon Him. Nothing else. So it's not just symbolic. And as we look at this, a verse in Deuteronomy 32, verse 31, if you have time, look at it. Because it's interesting when you look at it. Because I want us to know that not all foundations, not all rocks are equal. There, there are people that can build and do certain things on certain foundations and, and end up with a big mess. They can. There are people putting hopes and dreams and things and even various religions and thinks that they're on good ground. That this is right, this is good, and it's a, it's a false hope. They are, they are deceived. In Deuteronomy 32.31, it says, For their rock, look at that. That for their rock, it says, little r, little o, c, k. For their rock is not our rock. How is that rock spelled? Capital R. It is in this time, in this passage, that even the Jewish people, the Israelites, knew and understand that the the people of that day and the gods of that day, that they aren't equal. Even though there were sacrifices, there were things being had, there there were victories that were being had in the names of other gods by people that weren't believers in the living God. But it's saying, their rock's not like our rock. Look, there is no other rock like Jesus Christ. There is no other God like God. He is the living God. I know we can be deceived, and we're in a time where it's like, well, we just all come together in all the religions of the world. There is a place in the Middle East where literally you have this coming together of Christians, Muslims, and even Jewish, where they can come into the same 
building in the Middle East and worship supposedly on common ground because we're worshiping the same God. That is deception. There is only one rock. There is, there is only one truth, and that is Jesus Christ. And he, and he clearly says he doesn't share his glory or his name with anyone else. One rock. There is only one path to eternal life, and that is through Jesus Christ. There is only one proper foundation to build on. We can see it repeatedly through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And for the church, and for this church, Temple Baptist Church, if we're going to do the work of Christ, it can't be on our own talents. It can't be on a cornerstone of an entertaining pastor. And our pastor can be funny sometimes. He makes me laugh from time to time. And I like it. But that's not what it's supposed to be built on. See, too many churches now are dependent on the celebrity. Christ is omitted. The church and even the local church as it goes before God has to be based on Christ and His Word. He is to have the preeminence. That is what it's to be built. If it's going to last, if it's going to endure, if it's going to accomplish God's perfect will, it has to be on Jesus Christ. A couple verses, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And then it says in 1 Peter 2.6, Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. This is all speaking of Jesus Christ. It is true, if you're going to pour a foundation, you're going to do that and you're going to build upon it, it matters how you start. Even that first corner, it, 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 it matters that it's square and it's proper. It has to be done right. Everything else and the angles of the house and how it's going to be done is dependent on that. The church, our home, our life is dependent upon having Christ first, properly centered, prominent, There where we see knowing, setting the groundwork for everything else that's going to be done. He has to be in that proper place. That is what he's teaching in Matthew chapter 7. The Lord Jesus Christ isn't narcissist. He is God manifest in the flesh. All things consist by him. All things exist because of him. Clearly in the book of Colossians, clearly he was part of the Trinity, when it said, let us make man in our image. He is God. He has the authority to power to say these things because he did them. But we will we believe. I was with a brother and we were crawling under his house. It was a good time. And then he pointed out, there's a snakeskin over there, right? So you're under there, you're looking at the foundation. And, and that is exactly why he asked me to come. He had concerns over it. He had concerns over the foundation. He wanted to make sure it was proper. He wanted to make sure it's sure. Look, we need to do that. We, we need to make sure we're on the right foundation. We need to make sure we are on sure ground. Because again, not every rock is the same. There's a part of the country that we came from that there was rock that was used for foundation 
but it was sandstone. And I'll tell you this, when that sandstone got touched by fire, it just disintegrated. It was not equal to other rocks. It wasn't equal to some forms of granite, some forms of other types of rock. There, there are other rocks out there that are just, they're just light, and you can just break them in your hands. Not every rock is equal. There is, when we were looking at some things, I was from a lot of years in Arizona and doing some well work and whatnot, and as we were trying to get our well rigs in, you'd be going out on that sand. And you'd have to wet that ground out to get that heavy equipment in that sand. Because if you didn't, you had to get that packed down to get that equipment in and out. But after just a couple days, it was just blowing dirt again and soft and you'd get stuck. And all over that, they're building houses. Same principle, piling up some sand, putting a sprinkler on there, getting that wet, packing it down, and then pouring a slab on it and building a house. And I'm like, I don't want one of those. And I've seen multiple foundations split, crack. One whole builder sued, sued for millions and millions of dollars. Oh, it had a foundation. There was something there. But it was not quality. It was not true. It was not proper. It was not the way it should be. And we need to consider this, that there is only one foundation. There is only one rock. There is only one thing that our home, our life should be built on, and that's Jesus Christ. Nothing else is equal. In in verse 25 it says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Absolutely true, and I'm going to digress just a little bit and try and give you a little bit more thought on this, that it does matter, though, what you build upon that rock. Now, you're going to build a right house if you're in line with Christ and His teachings and His Word. But there are some things that can be done on a good rock, a good foundation, and still not be built properly. Consider in 1 Corinthians, if you would, turn with me there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because we're, we're taught this as Christians. I'm not trying to teach something that's crazy and out there. But look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As far as the church, as far as Christian, in our Christian life and walk. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. It says, For other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid... Which it says is who? Okay, that's the only legitimate foundation. That is the only legitimate work that can be done. That is the only legitimate building we can do is that foundation of Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to satisfy. Nothing else is going to work. But it says, now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself 
shall be saved, yet so as by fire. When you read this, would you not agree it doesn't matter what you build upon on that foundation? Spiritually speaking, I'm trying to illustrate some stuff with some things that we're familiar with. Most of you live in a building, a home, a manufactured home, an apartment. You can be familiar with this. You know what four walls are. You know what a sink is. You know what a roof is. You understand these things. And and you'll have some basic concept that that was built on something. So we can all at least understand a little bit about that. But it does matter what is built on that foundation. Because we can do some things that aren't going to abide the test of time. They're not going to stand. We will one day, all of us that are saved, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the things that we have done in this life, how we have served God are going to be tried by Jesus Christ. Our sins, thank God, are forgiven. But the Lord has entrusted us as stewards on that foundation to do certain things. And it's to be done properly because it is His church. It is His work. It is His gospel, right? It is His saving grace that saved us. And there is some expectation of His that we are good stewards with the things that He has entrusted us with to accomplish His perfect will on earth. There is that hymn, Will Your Anchor Hold? And in that hymn it says, Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. We have to all agree that that is an important aspect of building. It is even illustrated in this passage of Matthew chapter 7. That is, we build on that rock, we are to be fastened to it. We're to be anchored. You can have a good foundation, and if you don't anchor that, th- those base seals, those seals, and those walls to that foundation, it's going to move. It's going to come off. It's going to shift. It's going to fall. It's not going to stand. We do need to be anchored to. They even call those anchors. Imagine that, Right? And we can have this song. I know we can look at it from a, a, a maritime perspective, uh, uh, seafaring and all that, being in the storm, right? But it applies to your home. It applies to our church as well. Firmly anchored in Christ. I will say this, that you can be foolish and not a complete fool. We, we see the fool. We see what they've done. We, we see that a, a fool has said in their heart, there is no God. We know that in Scripture. We know that to true. But we can be foolish. We can, we can have Christ and still not be wise in our life. We can have Christ and not do what we should. There's going to be some of us, and, and, and I hope none of us, and I don't want to be. I want to stand before Jesus Christ and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to be shamefaced before him. But clearly the Lord is teaching that there's going to be some we're going to stand and the things that we've done are going to be burnt up. And it's going to be that we weren't wise, we were foolish. We weren't a fool because we didn't deny Christ. We're still saved, we're in heaven, we're in His presence, thank God for Him, but there have been times in our life where we acted foolishly. There were times in our life that we did not build on that foundation properly. I think you all understand that it is important the things you use to build if you're going to build a house. 
I don't know how many of you have ever built or been around construction or had something built or had a contractor do work. The bill comes or the proposal comes for the work and you look at it and you're like, man, that's expensive. And in our heart, in our mind, we start asking, what can we cut out? Have you ever been there or am I the only one? It's something we do. It's, it's, it is our nature. It's like, well, is it really necessary the contractor comes to you and say, we have got to put these extra large, big old beams across this floor. And you're like, well, what can I get away with? Right? It is, it is something we do. It is in our nature to do this. We like to take a shortcut from time to time. We want it to look good. Right? We want it sparkling. We want it bright. We want it fresh. We want it new. We want all those things. But when the important things are being done, the things that aren't being seen, right? Can we use a little thinner copper? Can we use some cheaper packs? Can we get by with a cheaper faucet? Can we do this? Can we do that? Can I get a $100 hot water heater instead of a $600 hot water heater? What's the difference? Well, the difference is, is how long it lasts. The difference is, is, will it endure? What will it stand up to? It is important. Do you not agree what we do on that foundation? This life and how we live it for Christ, what we're building on Him, it's important. Look, our relationships in our homes, our families, our children, every aspect of this is important. Is it important that you bring your children to church? Is it important that they come in and hear the Sunday school lessons? Look, that, that's like removing a footer out of your house when you do things like that. Is prayer important? You just removed another footer. The supports that's going to stand. The things that even are going to cover. Oh, we don't really need trusses. Let's just lean some tin over there and hope that it's, it works not going to last long, not going to work long. Spiritually, these things all have an effect in our home, in what we're building. There are some examples in Scripture. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse 2. He had a house that prayed and feared God and gave much. Great example of a house that was building and desiring to build on a good foundation. So much that the Lord God heard these things and personally intervened and brought Peter specifically to come and to speak and to teach that family more perfectly about the things of God. I'd say it's important. It wasn't just enough for God to say, hey, that guy over there, he's doing what he can. He's trying. He's making it happen. God had respect. Send Peter over there to do this. How about Lydia and her house? Acts chapter 16, verse 40. A place where people were comforted. Where they found comfort. Where they found solace. I'd say that's important in a house. I'd say that's something that's good to build into your home. I'd say when I go to my home, that's what I want. I have a specific chair, a specific couch, a specific spot where my coffee sits that I go and sit and find comfort. 
I find the relief of the weight of this world, the relief of the weight of this body that's getting older, lifted up, getting some rest and some relaxation. I like that. But I guarantee you, if I was sitting there, and my wife and I had this happen, because we had a house we did in eastern Idaho on the Continental Divide, that we trusted a guy that said he knew what he was doing to put the roof shingles on, and the winds are blowing all winter, and all we hear them flapping and blowing off the house. And I tell you what, for six months I did not get a good night's sleep. There was no comfort, there was no rest. I'm saying it is dependent on how that house is built in order to find these things. The house of Stephanus in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15. It was a house that addicted itself to the service of the Lord. Quickly, if you would, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Another principle in Scripture on building. We'll see in this adding. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And it says in verse 5, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So, Our foundation, our faith is in Jesus Christ. And as we're building spiritually this life, our life, we are instructed in some things. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you in abound, they may make they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it goes further in verse 10, it says this, Wherefore the, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, it says ye shall never fall. There's another passage in the book of Jude, we get a similar thought. Look, we can draw parallels to this, what Christ is teaching in Matthew chapter 7. He's teaching we build on that foundation, that rock that is Him. We're properly fastened. We build properly that, that we will not fall. It's an important concept, even in our Christian life, in our walk, our homes, our, our, our marriages. All these things are dependent how we build upon I believe that this is even illustrating an order in which we should do so, just as you're building a house. You don't put the roof on before you put the walls up. You don't put all the plumbing in, the electrical in, right? Those things go in before the drywall's up. Usually, there's been some people, some surprises. It is important, important. Again, in verse 25 of Matthew chapter 7, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. You know, it's not like you just build a house and always the storms just come. Sometimes there's time in between there. There may be months, there may be years, there may be decades. The fact is, a storm's going to come. But what are you doing in between time to ready yourself for it? 
You know, there has to be maintenance done. It, maintenance. You own a home, if you don't do maintenance, what's going to happen? It's going to start to show. The gutters are going to fall off. The roof's going to start blowing off into the wind. The mold, the mildew, the things around, all the caulking will rot rot around the windows. The water will start getting in just from the the regular, everyday rains that comes. Right? Those showers of blessings. Our spiritual life needs to be maintained as well. You know, we clean our homes. Rachel does. She, I guarantee you, she goes through there and has to sweep almost every day. And I hate the sound of our vacuum on that tile and whatnot. It's just so loud. But you know what? It has to be done. It's necessary. If it isn't, it's going to pile up. We'd be The ceiling would get shorter and shorter and shorter if we didn't maintain it and clean it. Is that not true? It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Look again, our families need this. Our marriages need this. And you say, how do we do this? How are we going to be renewed? Well, we've got to be in the Word of God. We have to be in the Word of God. It's important to be at the house of God. It is important to pray There are things daily that we need to go to the Lord for and have Him speak to our hearts about. We need that daily maintenance by God. Uh, David prayed, right? To look into Him, see if there was any unclean thing in Him. We have 1 John chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These are vital things as Christians that we do to maintain and to keep proper so that we can stand and to endure. So critical, so important. Boy, you've probably seen a place where no time, no effort has been in on a particular house. There was one that I was looking online that was for sale because we were looking for a bargain. I tell you, the outside, you looked at that, and you're like, oh, this has got potential. And then they showed all the pictures of the inside, and it was totally falling apart. There was no floor. There was nothing in the attic. And not just as it was just rotted out, every aspect of it. I mean, the, the raccoons and the possums and everything had a field day in that place. It was, it was a total dysfunctional mess. It hadn't been cared for. It hadn't been maintained. There's a proverb on that. And it's an important one to learn and see. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 30 and 31, it says, I went by the field of the slothful. And I know we look at that, we cringe because we look at maintenance, we look at things that need done. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes effort in our marriages to maintain that, to keep that love going, that godly love, that love that as Christ loved the church, that we love each other. Does it not? It takes work teaching and training our children. Look, too many people put them on autopilot. 
Too many people are content. I'm just going to throw them in the school and let the school deal with it. I'm going to just give them this uh, iPad and this and that and these other things and just let that entertain and teach and do. Because it takes work. It takes work to train your children. It takes work to train your sons to work. Your daughters. It takes work. The slothful, they're not into that. But it says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man, void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. And nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. You know, a sad, sad thing that's taking place across the world and it's been happening for decades in our country is the home is just disintegrating. It is a rare thing to celebrate a 50th anniversary that we just did with the Williams family in our church. A rare thing. That shouldn't be the case. How, why should that be a case when we have an aging population? It should be more commonplace. It should be more prevalent. It should be more of the standard. We should see this, but homes are decaying. It's sad. And I'm not being critical. I'm not. It is not what God has intended. He hasn't intended for homes and families and marriages to go through such hurt and such heartache and such pain. That is not what He intended. And the, the, the truth of Christ and His Word can preserve a home. He can help us to care for it and take care of it so that we can have more 50th anniversaries. We can see more children make it through high school still knowing that they are the boy or girl or young man or young woman that God created and designed and has blessed them to be and they can go on and find that one that the Lord has for them. It's His design. We do need to maintain it because as we read in verse 25, the storms are coming. The storm is coming. You know, there's some areas in this country that still haven't recovered from some of the great hurricanes that have hit this country. And some it's taken decades and decades and decades. Some of those houses and some of those places, they just do not exist anymore. They're gone. They disappeared. They've been eradicated off the face of the earth. They're gone because the storms come. The storms will beat against what we build upon. And it will put it to the test. You know, everything that we make, everything that man makes, has something that is actively trying to destroy it. And, and this is where I have OCD. I have it in several things, but this is, this is another one of those things. I do something and do a project and complete it. It is my like and desire to see that stay that way until I'm no longer here. I hate seeing it start to wear down and break. I, you know, if I painted it and I painted it right, it should stay that way forever, right? That's the way I want it to be. If I replace a faucet or I replace a door handle or do something, then that should be good 
for the standard of time. I shouldn't have to do it again. But it's not the case. Things happen. Things wear down and break. But with me and my thinking, I just like, I did it once. It's good. It should last. It's not the case. It's not, it's not the way it works in this life. Everything is working against it. It's not just once that I should tell my wife that I love her. The storm's coming. It's not just once and how I deal with my kids. The storm is coming. Things are going to eat at it. Even steel rusts and erodes. I know in this part of the country, and it's similar, don't think you're alone, it's, it happens in so many places. You're like, you don't get no life out of a water heater. The water just eats them out, does it not? Just corrodes it. You think, I bought it, I, I invested that money, it should be enough. It should last, I should get it. No. Something every day, slowly, is working on it. Eating it out. You know, there are examples in Scripture of people that do the same thing to their home. It's not just that a storm is out there. It's what people are even doing within the home that are tearing it down and destroying it. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, it speaks of a woman that tears down her own home. But there's also an example in Scripture with Nabal and Abigail. You can look at that life and what he was doing. He had said he was a man of Belial. He had received great favor of David. He had received protection. Much in his life and blessing was because of that. And when he was asked for a few things, he refused to do it because he was a man of Belial. He had no real care for his family. He had no care for his wife, really, Abigail. He wasn't trying to build something that would last. It wasn't going to be built on the truth and knowledge of God. And it did not fare well for Nabal. It matters. It matters that foundation. It matters what we build on. It matters that we maintain it so we can endure the storm. And as we close this morning, of a truth, Christian, we can't do it on our own. We can't. In Psalm chapter 127, verse 1, it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We need the Lord. We need to rely on Him. Our dependence needs to be on Him. Yes, we need to be busy. We need to be putting our effort in. But we can't be doing it on our own wisdom, our own way, our own thinking, our own belief system. It has to be on Christ and His way. There's a psalm, Psalm 40, verse 2. It says, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. What a wonderful, wonderful psalm. What a a wonderful thing of salvation. Doesn't matter where you're at in this life and what what has, has been done or hasn't been done in your life, we have a Savior that we can call upon that can take us out of the disaster and the mess we have created. 
the crumbles of the foundation that we may have built on, the caving roof that has fell in our head that we can call upon a Savior and He can pull us out of the debris of our life and put us on that rock. That is His mercy. That is, David was able to say repeatedly, His mercy endureth forever. We need the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, in this text, it's clearly, clearly teaching about Jesus Christ. And it's clearly teaching that our life has to be built upon Him. And it clearly is teaching, as it says in this last part of it, of the fool that did not. It says, and great was the fall of it. God has given us a warning. He has given us everything we need to properly build. He Himself has provided the foundation. He has given us instruction how to build. He has given us instruction how to be ready to weather the storms that are going to come. But He's also warned us if we don't hear His words and heed Him, great is the fall of it. Great is the fall of it. Psalm 18.46 says, The Lord liveth. I hope these are words that you can say. I hope this is part of your heart here this morning. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. This morning, are you able to say that? Are you clearly fastened on the rock that is Christ? There's no other rock like Him. Are you on that rock? Are you fastened on the rock that is Jesus Christ? Not dependent on anything else. Not depending on your good works. Not depending on your heritage. Any other religion. Are you fastened clearly to the rock that is Christ? Are you building your spiritual house properly? Are you doing it with care? Are you maintaining it? Or this morning, is it showing signs of neglect and disrepair? Only you can answer that. We have a Savior that can change that. So as we close, I ask the question that we began with. After reading the Scriptures and everything we've gone through, can you answer the question, will your house stand? For me, but by the grace of God, it will. Not because of my position, not because of my stature, not because what I do, but by the strength and grace of God, mine will. And to Him be the glory and praise for that.